we started? We can start. Welcome to another episode of Vleet Street. Uh, this is episode two. I'm your host, Mitchell Van Vleet. This episode is brought to you by Creative 48. Uh, so for all your signage needs um, and all that fun stuff, be sure to check out Creative 48. We do vehicle wraps, all that fun stuff. And it's also brought to you by Native Concepts. Um, Basically, if you need a sticker on anything else besides signage and car wraps, I've stuffed that up. That's not what we do. It's not what we do at all. We just do motorbike stickers. <laughs> yeah, we do motorbike decals, <laughs> motorbike uh, decals, design, web websites, design. Um, promo products. So yeah, speaking of Native Concepts, we've got the owner of Native Concepts here, my younger brother, Cooper Van Vliet. Cooper, how what are you? Up? I'm good, how are you? Tell the people about yourself. What's your name? Um, you covered your name. Yeah, Cooper Van Vliet, um, 19 from Melbourne, Australia, and I race quads and run a sticky kit company, basically. Yeah, you so you graphic designer, all that stuff. You you did that in school, um. a little bit. Um, I did go to TAFE. Um, I did a course, but a lot of the stuff um I kind of already knew. Like I started designing or well, started playing with the programs when I was about twelve or thirteen. Um, obviously, yeah, Mitch doing sign writing and whatnot. He was always using the programs and looks like fun. So yeah, I learned how to do it, and yeah, basically by the time I went through school, I kind of knew everything that they would teach there so yeah sort of self-taught fair enough fair enough so in the first episode we had harry who's also as well as my brother who's your brother yeah we, we was um we quite often people share brothers yeah that's <laughs> it that's it so we with harry we discussed his injuries because he's had some severe injuries uh we're going to go a bit different path with you this time uh for the second episode um this is going to be part one of the cooper van vliet um podcast essentially because um you got some big things coming up in the future which we will touch on but i want to pod i want to have another podcast with you um once everything sort of kicks off yeah once once you've done it so we can talk about it then but so the originally i wanted to talk about um with you on this podcast was i don't know if it was last year or the year before you're like fuck this and move to a different country yeah, well, well, 2017 was, um, well, the first time I got a taste of racing overseas was either 2015 or 2016. Um, either the first time I went over was um, to, to China with, um, obviously, well, another brother, um, Jake um, and Mitchell. Um, they were both racing on the Australian team. And, um, yeah, basically, they, they you know, the, I think it was either MA or the Chinese Federation, they basically wanted me to go over there and be a, um, basically like a like the or team manager or a junior representative or then um yeah basically the year after that i yeah raced on the australian team and um yeah racing over there we we met a guy named uh mark devries and um yeah he's a uh well he's a pretty much one of the one of the top dutch riders and one of the top european riders and um yeah we became really good friends he came and raced um i think desert race in 2016 um he ended up winning it i got second and then um yeah, I I asked if I could come over and do a couple of races over there in Europe, and um yeah, so 2017 I went over there for a month and um did a first race I did over there was a, a European at um a track called Alderbrook, and um basically it was the gnarliest shit I've ever raced in my life. Um, basically, a lot of people in Australia complain about quad riders ruining the track. I wouldn't say sidecars ruin the track, but they definitely make it ten times gnarlier than any track in australia that i've ever ridden so um yeah i got kind of got my, my feet wet um jumped into that i was yeah fresh six oh, 17 fresh 17 um yeah um did yeah one european round one dutch round um kind of had so yeah bike problems in both races so i thought yeah stuff it on a yamaha yeah i was on a yamaha um, so this is the first i forgot that you went once before you moved there yeah yeah so this the, the first time i went was yeah on the yamaha um basically sand fills up radiators and basically i just yeah overheated bikes literally every single race i did uh whether or not i was sitting in people's roost or i was using too much clutch or yeah basically every race just bike was pumping out steam basically by the end of it had no coolant left and just yeah bogged out nothing nothing left in it so um and that made you want to go back yeah basically um i wanted to go back but i wanted to do it properly so i saved up um 
basically shipped a bike over from from here um i think it costs like yeah like two and a half or three grand or something like that um and this was your, this was a honda yeah this was a honda <coughs> yeah so um when i was in juniors i had a, a, a what what you call a hybrid so putting a, a two-wheeler motor into a quad um, yeah which was a crf 250 yeah yeah so um juniors uh yeah 250 class so um and you won an australian championship on yeah the, yeah, junior yeah. Australian so championship in horsham 2014 i think that was yeah 20, yeah because we both won. I, oh yeah i'll throw it was a good year <laughs> i won the senior championship you won the junior championship and i think we did the um the same at, at vic titles too so um and then I think it was South Australian titles as well. Pro- probably. Yeah, that was a really good year for both of us. But hard um, to compare state titles when you win an Australian. <laughs> you win an Australian title, you kind of forget about the rest. Mm, no, nah, that's it. But um, yeah, so I had the hybrid. Um, I took the motor out and basically just shipped the roller over there. Basically made it into a, a tiny little crate, tiny little pallet. Um, just yeah, save as much money as possible with the shipping costs. Um, it ended up getting there. I think it, was, it took like four or five days to ship over there, which was yeah, ridiculously quick. Um. And then yeah, I went to um, JMR Joe Marson Racing, and they had a um, 2016 Serra 450 there for sale, and uh, basically a kit that you can bolt the motor straight into the quad. So um, like all new engine mounts and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, basically you you I think you only had to cut and weld the bottom motor mounts and just change the the just near the top rear shock to just allow the fuel the not the fuel tank the um the um intake to line up. But yeah, basically it was pretty much bolted straight in, and yeah, it was sick. Well, one of the it was sick in a straight line, but as soon as he tried to corner it, I don't know if I just had the Honda set up terribly or if it was me or someone else, but it was sick in a straight line, but as soon as you wanted to turn, it felt like you were going to die. Like a banshee. Like a banshee. Um, <laughs> the I death machines. I don't know if it was air shocks that weren't valve properly or maybe I just didn't know how to ride at the time, but yeah, basically any time you tried to corner in sand because the ruts were so deep from the sidecars... Um, Again, nothing, nothing against sidecars. They are the coolest things I've ever had to but, watch or see or ride. I, I've raced in Europe. I, I know what they do onto the track. Yeah, it, it's basically there's a, a five foot tall berm behind the rut. That's how much dirt they push, and that was a flat corner before. And they build like a, a five foot rut sort of thing. But um, yeah, I don't know what it was. I just yeah didn't really feel comfortable in Honda, but. It was, it was still still a sick quad. I ended up selling it to Harry, and he shipped it back to Australia, and he loves it. So, but yeah, um, yeah, right. So, kind of got a bit off track there. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's all right. You can you can get it off track as much as you want. Um, so when you made this move, did, did you had a return ticket? or You didn't have a return ticket. I did have a return ticket. Um, seven months or eight months? How it long? was. I was like seven and a half. So seven we'll and a half months. Seven. Um, Basically, you're not allowed to go to a country without a return ticket. Um, yeah, because they think you won't leave. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I did all the right stuff. Um, I think it was legally you can stay there for 90 days, which is basically three months um, without filling out any um, any paperwork. It's kind of like just a like, visa like, like a thing. tourist visa. Yeah. You just automatically get going into the country. Like if you get your passport stamped, you got the visa. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so since I was there for so long, I ended up getting a, like a residency permit. Yeah. So basically I think it was like 90 euro just to make sure it's like the paperwork fee. Um, and then, yeah, you can basically, as soon as you apply for it, you can start working, you can stay there as long as you want. Um, basically until, well, if they approve it, you can stay. If they don't, you've got to leave like basically, but, um, well, the last name like Van Vliet, they probably thought. Hey, he's coming. He's coming home. Yeah, <laughs> long lost Dutch guy coming home. But um, I I I don't think it's. I'm pretty sure it's very hard to stuff up the paperwork and not get accepted. But um, yeah, basically, if you've got, if you got a return ticket and they know that you're you're trying to do the right thing, basically they'll let you stay. Yeah, and it's not like you're um you're a criminal or anything like no, that. Like, that's probably yeah. that's probably what they're looking at. They yeah, that, that'll be type the your main name thing. into Google and just make sure you're not a um a criminal. No, basically they they just saw some guy riding quads and they're like, oh, he's all right, he seems yeah. harmless. <laughs> that's it, that's it. Well, motorsport like motocross racing over there is huge. So that's yeah, like, well that's like they um, probably get it. It's, it goes soccer, motocross. Yeah, well that's like in I'm pretty sure in Belgium I've, I've heard rumors of saying that like the national sport of Belgium is motocross, then followed by soccer. But pretty much yeah, everywhere else it's yeah soccer first, then yeah, then motocross or what or, they call football or foot- football, <laughs> football, football. So you're you're 18 years old. Yeah, I was like. How long after your 18th birthday did you pack your bags? Well, I think... Wait, I've got it on the... 
Oh, wait, no, that's the wrong calendar. That's the 2019 calendar that I'm looking at. Um, basically, I think I turned 18 on the... I turned 18 on the 24th, and I think my flight... Oh, February. Third, yeah, 24th of February, sorry. And then I think my flight was the 3rd of March. So, basically, I stuffed up. I didn't book my license my, to get my P's um, until, I think, the 30th. So, I, if I didn't get my license in Australia, I couldn't have driven the whole time I was there. But um, thankfully, I passed. Um, basically, when I did my driver's test, there was a bunch of ducks crossing the road, and I, I think I did the right thing by stopping and letting them cross. And I think the instructor really liked that. So yeah, he, a bit of sympathy. <laughs> Who cares that you stalled it six <laughs> times and ran a stop sign? You stopped for them fucking ducks. Yeah, well, it, duck lives matter, so... Yeah. Um, um, all right, qu- quickly, before we get too much deeper, um, I did say fuck. Uh, so, language warning. Language warning. La- um, language warning. This is uh, uncut and unfiltered, so we do... I try not to swear, but sometimes they slip out. No, nah, well, I will swear because that's who I am. So, if you've got kids in the car, uh, mind their ears. And if you're a kid listening, don't tell your parents. <laughs> don't say fuck. It's don't not good. <laughs> yeah, don't say fuck to adults. Uh, just keep it between on the, sc- on the schoolyard lunchtime with that's, your friends. That's terrible advice. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't get caught by an adult, kids. you won't get in trouble. <laughs> ah, yeah, sweet. So, so you've um, you got your license. Literally two days later, you're on a plane, or three days later, you're on a plane. Yeah, which um, yeah, and, and the funny. Oh, part not not even. There's only 28 days in February, so. Yeah. So oh. So you yeah, put, I, did, uh, so I, did, I didn't pass on the 30th of February because I didn't realize it was 28 days. I must have passed on the 28th. It was basically the last day of February. Last day of February. So. You booked in. You passed. You got on. You got on your flight. To uh, Holland. Yeah. So you're based in Holland with Mark De Vries. Yeah, so based in um in, in Zevenhoven. It's about um like fifteen, twenty minutes from, from Amsterdam, sort of like the southeast suburbs of um of Holland. Mel- Melbourne of Holland. Yeah. Yeah. Or the Nary Warren. Oh Nary Warren of Holland. The Nary Mel- Warren Melbourne of Holland of is Holland. Amsterdam, so Yeah. Nah, fantastic, fantastic. So you lived with Mark the whole time? No? You um, moved around? I moved oh, I wouldn't say I moved around a little bit. Um basically I didn't want to put seven or eight months on Mark and his family. I didn't want to basically intrude for that long and kind of like make them adopt me. So um, lucky enough, like we're, we're or Mitch and I are both half Dutch. So um, oh, I would never have guessed with the last name. Yeah, well, well, it's written on your back. You've got it, you've got it tattooed from shoulder blade to shoulder blade. Yeah, so. I'm one of those guys who gets your last name tattooed on you. Yeah. Um, yeah, not many people have an octopus on their back. No, well, that yeah, at least from top to bottom. At, at <laughs> least I don't have just the last name one. I got a whole. The tattoo makes sense. A it whole, makes sense. a whole array of things on on the back there, full back piece. But uh, off topic. Um, Again, yeah, yeah. No, that's all right. We can detour as much as we need to. Yeah. So, 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 so basically, um, about halfway through the year, um, I moved in with basically. My, my dad's cousin, so our second cousin, which is Fred and Wilma. Flintstone names, I know. That's why they have a, a they had a dog named Pebbles. Unfortunately, passed away. Really good dog. Shat everywhere. Every time you'd walk, it'd make, take, take about seven shits. Sorry for swearing again. But yeah, mad dog. Unfortunately, yeah, passed away. And Wilma wasn't very pumped about that. But um, but Fred and Wilma are dad's auntie and uncle, not their cousins. Not their cousins? Yeah. Well, I should have learned gotta, that. You got to learn them. the family tree a bit more, mate. I... We I, we need a, there's a book about it. I need to read the book. And I uh, and I think I'm going to take that back because I think they are dad's cousins. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're second yeah, cousins. Yeah, no, because Bam, Bam's my third cousin. Yeah, right. Or sh- I can't even say his name. He's my cousin. He's basically sh- the Dutch version of Stuart. It's got a J O U I D. Stuart. 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 <laughs> but um, yeah. So sorry to get off topic again. Um, yeah, no. We'll clear it up. Wilmer and Fred are dad's cousins. <laughs> yeah. Dad's cousins, our second cousins, um, and then the kids are our and third they, cousins. Yeah, so Fred and Wilma really have a with. they have a few kids, but you're real close with yeah, Bam. Yeah, I'm real close with Bam. Basically, he's a little bit older than me, um, but basically, yeah, he came to heaps of my races. Basically, we would, we would go to bars together, we would play pool together, we would hang out literally every second day. Any day I wasn't riding, I was with Bam. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I, I, I lived with um, Bam's parents, Fred and Wilma, for two months. Um, probably was the worst. Oh, it was amazing staying with them, but it probably was the worst two months to pick with them, because like literally just as I moved in with them, I um had a crash. Oh, not a crash. I was snowboarding, 
Snowboarding. So you're over there to race. That's the main reason you went there. Yeah. And you've just... Up. <laughs> and so you're talking about an injury that you got snowboarding. You talked about going to bars and playing pool with Bam. I... There's I haven't so, so, ego so there's Dutch r- Cooper Dutch it's, Cooper there's a Dutch Cooper well, right? yeah who if if I did something wrong and I was in Holland you got to take that up with Dutch Cooper because Cooper Australian Cooper had no idea what was going on <laughs> 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 yeah but um yeah I went I went snowboarding I think it was the Friday before I think the track was called Hala oh, it's it was a track that went in and out of a bunch of trees. Um, yeah. It was, it was a sick-looking track. A and that was bunch of weird names for their tracks. Yeah, there. like Harla, Alderbrook, um, Veldhoven, Alderbrook. I think I already said Alderbrook. And all the people, all, all the motocross races, and uh, there's only been a few quad races go over, um, but all the motocross riders that have gone to Europe know what you're talking about. No one know here. It's basically... But all the riders that haven't raced in Europe and still in Australia go, what the fuck? fuck are you talking about yeah but it's their names yeah it's, we've got it's weird names for our tracks too yeah like we've got Mafra Blue Rock Blue Rock yeah um what Tarogan. basically if we say those names to the Dutch people they got they, they got no idea how, how to spell them how to say them anything yeah so the same goes for them though so yeah. with their tracks nah but you're um, racing all these tracks but yeah get back the shoulder injury Friday it was a Friday before a Dutch a Dutch ONK championship like a Dutch Masters and um I think we went riding on the Thursday Bam called me, asked if I wanted to go to Snowworld, which is basically like this is middle of summer, and he asked if I wanted to go snowboarding, which I got really confused. I didn't know what he was talking about. Um, I thought it was like one of those fake grass with concrete underneath. Oh, them. like that weird setup they had in Dandenong for like a month. Yeah, and, um, and I no thought it was went. something like that, and I was like, nah, I don't really want to crash on concrete right before a race, and I know snowboarding makes it real sore. So, um, he explained it to me. It's basically like I think it's like. A giant igloo. It's basically like a, it's literally like a giant cheese stick. Do you know, like in Melbourne, how you got that giant cheese stick? It's kind of like that, poking out of the ground. But it's about four hundred. Oh, on the way long. to the airport. On the way to the airport, um, it's basically like one of them poking out of the ground. It's like four hundred meters long. If you stand at the top, you can't see the bottom. Is it indoor or outdoor? It's indoor. It's fully, fully indoor. Full indoor. Full indoor. So they've got one run that's like four hundred meters long, another run that's like two hundred meters long, and they got like a park section. I was in the park section. It was a jump over a car. I went to hit the jump. Did the typical mistake of catch an edge, like caught caught toe side. No, backside. Fell on my back, had my shoulder out, or had my elbow out, and basically, as soon as I hit the ground, it pushed my shoulder out of the socket. So basically, my shoulder... Dislocated your shoulder. Dislocated my shoulder. My shoulder was where my titty was. Like, So you did a good job of it. I did a good job. It was really out. So um, I was on the side of the jump. I was basically like I tried putting it back in by myself. I stood up. I did the um, the old trick of basically you, you you stand on your fingers and stand up into it. Didn't work. Kind of. I just no, kept getting. That's when you pop it out to the back. I think you popped yeah, it out to the. front. I popped it out to the front. Basically, my shoulder just got like saggier and saggier, and I was like, "Yeah, this isn't good." I laid down on the side of the jump and tried to like dip it off the side and move it around. Still wasn't popping in. Basically, we. I um what I do I unclipped from I unclipped the bindings walked over tried putting it in again with the the medics oh they weren't really medics it was one dude that worked there and he said he knew how to pop shoulders back in and he was trying to do it too couldn't get it back in but I will give it to him he was doing it the right way because when we got to the hospital they were doing it the exact way he was he just wasn't pulling hard enough yeah basically there was like yeah two nurses wrapped a blanket around me pulled me one way some weird Russian dude walked in grabbed my arm pulled it the other way. And was like jiggling it up and down. And then all of a sudden it was just like the biggest, like biggest click I've ever had in my life. Like Bam started dry reaching. That's how loud it was. Oh, really? It was just absolutely he disgusting. He didn't like it. Um, no, not a fan? He started dry reaching then he started laughing. So he's all right with it. Basically, um, and then we're sitting there and yeah, I was kind of like, shit, well, I got a race on Sunday. And they told me that I'm not allowed to move my arm at all for the next week. Otherwise it'll pop out again because it was just, just so sloppy. Um, and basically yeah, a week later... Got to start moving again. Um, I think I only missed out on two races, which was, yeah, just two. Well, I was, yeah, part of the Dutch Masters, the ONK Championship, which I was spilling on because that was the main championship I was there for. But um, shit happens. Don't go snowboarding before a race if, you, if you're trying to focus on racing. Yeah, right. So a lot of rehab and all that stuff involved. Yeah, yeah. It was it was good, but um, I was kind of learnt more about injuries than 
I've because basically before that I've never really gotten injured properly. Like I've broken collarbones and stuff like that, but I've never had to have surgery or yeah or anything. Like I didn't have to have surgery on my shoulder. Um, but it's basically just yeah a lot of rehab and physio and all that sort of stuff. Um, so how far into living over there are we at when you've probably about three months three months three months in so you like i know now you can speak a little bit of dutch yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so are you speaking enough dutch that when you're in the hospitals and the physio and stuff that you can get by or are they speaking english to you well pretty much if, if you're near a big city Everyone speaks English. If you're in the middle of Amsterdam, I walked into stores and people said g'day to me before I even realised I'm Australian. So, like, you don't have to speak English. To live oh, that, that happens. Like, you don't have to speak Dutch to speak The same thing happened, like, off topic, but um, me, Jake and Harry were over there racing for the Quad Cross of Nations, which I'm going to have a podcast on with Jake and Harry to discuss it. But we raced in Italy, but same thing as you. We've got friends and family in Holland, so we're like, we'll base ourselves in Holland. And we went to Amsterdam and we were like miles from where we parked the car mm. and we we're like, oh, there's these tuk-tuk things driving around like what you see in like a dude riding a pushy with um, like a seats on the back that you can jump on and give him money and he'll take you where you want. Yeah, like a push bike taxi. Like a push bike taxi, yeah. a tuk-tuk or whatever they're, whatever they're called. They're a bit more upper class than a tuk-tuk. <laughs> they are. They're more upper class. They're not But we, we jumped on this thing. The guys picked up that we've got an Australian accent and he starts talking to us and I was like, he has an Australian accent. Ask him where he's from. He's from Cairns. Yeah. The dude's riding around a pushy in Amsterdam making money. He's from Cairns. He's playing Metallica through the speakers. Mm. Like, it's, it's, there's a lot of parts it was, it was that you like. Shit. You, you, you've, you've run into more foreigner people than you do run into to, to Dutch people. Like, um, well, yeah, to, a- Amsterdam's a, it's a touristy town. Mm. Like, um, I had, um, there's a lot of things like, that are legal there that people like to go there for. Yeah, like, yeah, weed's legal. I didn't do... I'm not into that sort of stuff, so I had a few mates over there that were... They would go in Amsterdam and do it every now and then, but, yeah, I'd, I was there for racing. I'd, or regardless, I don't do any of that stuff. But um, we had... Well, we've got a, oh, cousins on my mum's side, the non-Dutch side, that um, they were doing a, a basically a, like a holiday sort of thing um, all around Europe, and they came over. And this was, like, well into being into Holland. So, like, I hadn't seen an Australian person in a long time because I was living, like out of suburbs always racing in small villages yeah so you're not you're not in the main tourist attraction no no, that, no. That, not, not anywhere near and if I like off topic again all my racing experiences I've had overseas my favourite part is we're not in a touristy part when, mm. like, it's, when way, we're in, it's way when, better than it's being in so Amsterdam. cool because you get to see the real part of that country mm. um, like when we're in Italy we didn't go to Rome we didn't go to um Milan or whatever those no not all, all the country villages we're in and like towns country towns yeah. like it would be like going to Ballarat oh no Ballarat's pretty touristy because of the gold it, rush it's shit. like going to to Rosebud yeah 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 it's it's like you're you're in a town with no it's like some like I remember we went to a restaurant and the guy came out and we're speaking English this is in Italy and we had our translator Victor with us which is he's a good family friend always raised he speaks Italian so like Victor biggest mad dog I've ever met. Yeah, Hands he's down. a legend. He's a butcher, makes all that meat and all that stuff. He's an absolute legend. Victor, you come with us. He was pumped. We're over there. Victor's talking to the guy. The guy picks up. He goes, he, he, he's picked up that we're speaking English, but he's clicked on that we're not from England. Mm. He asked us where we're from. We're very broken English. We're like, we're from Australia. And he was so pumped because he's never met an Australian before. He's never mm. had Australians in his restaurant and so he was so excited because for the first time ever, he's got Australians in his restaurant. He's met an Australian person. They hear all these stories about us, how we like drinking beer, riding kangaroos, and all this shit. <laughs> and so everyone asked that too. Everyone asked if you ride kangaroos and have pet emus and stuff like that. And I, you, you tell them yes, yeah, because they love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you're not helping helping the. No, I'm not helping the cause, but it's it's funny. Yeah, it is. It is. So, um. Off topic again. So, oh, do you want me to? Do, oh, I'm just going to quickly wrap up my story because yeah, we've, yeah, yeah. we've gone far. Yeah, yeah. Wrap um, up your story. So, yeah, you, your ba- basically, my cousins have coming over. Um, it's weird here and there. Michael and Ray. Michael and Ray. Um, sick Mick, as we sick like to Mick. call him. Never go full sick Mick. Yeah, never go full sick Mick. It's bad. Um, yeah, they came over. The we went to we basically hung around Amsterdam for the day. Um, just doing all the touristy stuff. Um, obviously checking out the red light district and stuff like that. Um, yeah, window shopping. Window shopping. Um, 
haven't experienced red light district, but I've I've seen what it's like. Yeah, you walk through it. You walk through it. Uh, it's yeah. an eye opener. And it's depending if you walk through it in the middle of the day. I think it's a bit it's different terrible. to the we were, This was like lunchtime <laughs> on a Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not the best. Um, but yeah, there was, there was basically we went into the surf shop. We walked in, and the dude looked at us and just said, "G'day, how are you?" And I said, "Yeah, mate, good yourself." And I like kind of like second guessed. I'm like, wait, he wouldn't have understood that because I'm in Holland. Nobody yeah. understands Australian in Holland. And then he's like, oh yeah, you've been busy. I'm like wait what like why are you speaking Australian to me like I've never met you I've, I haven't said anything to you how do you know I'm Australian he's, he's like, probably oh, from Philip Island or something hey, oh, I don't I can't remember <laughs> where he's from but it was just like this chill as surfer dude it was probably high at the time yeah yeah <laughs> but we um, know why he went to Amsterdam yeah but basically he was the, the, the chillest dude but that's how he served everybody anybody that walked in he would say g'day how's it going like that it, it, he, it, that's just how he served people and he had yeah, a, right. he had so a, he he had a job there. Yeah, he was Australian. Yeah, yeah, right. And he, he didn't he didn't know any Dutch. That's how he introduced himself. That's just a Dutch person would walk in, an Italian person would walk in, anybody would walk in and he would yeah, say the same thing. Yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, I'd spoke to him for a while. He was a surfer. Um, There's not much surfing him. There was not. I asked and he's just like, yeah, basically you just wear three wetsuits at a time and go ride some small waves. Um, and, um, so he's definitely there for the week. He's he's definitely there for the week. But then we walked into the... we. There was a shop next door. It wasn't a store. It was a cafe. Not a Dutch cafe. It was like a cafe where you'd go get like milkshakes and and like... Well, we asked for Palmer's and tried to figure out where we could get Palmer's in Holland because I've been looking forever. Couldn't find anywhere near it. Even told restaurants how to make Palmer's. Couldn't figure it out. No, they weren't interested. Yeah. But the lady that served us was from New Zealand. Couldn't speak a word of Dutch. So yeah, the, right. the two like main stores that we spend the most time in, two people that spoke to us couldn't speak a word of Dutch, and, yeah, they, right. and they're working in in, in, in Holland, Amsterdam. yeah, in Amsterdam, yeah. So basically, you, you don't guess, you, you don't, don't need to speak Dutch to live in nah. to live in Holland. I, I've no, I, I've gone to Europe a few times too. It's not until you're in the country towns mm, nah, definitely. or or talking to farmers. Yeah. Farmers they're not interested in learning English. Yeah, um, nah. and that's any country in Europe apart from the UK, obviously. Mm. Um, well, basically, if you're in a country town and they're older than 30, they can't speak English. Yeah, but the the younger generations are clicking on like they learn in school and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I'm pretty sure it's compulsory to learn. Yeah, it's like how well, in it's Australia like you learn Japanese or Italian or, or Chinese. It, yeah, it depends what school you go to. Yeah, we went to a private school, like a private Catholic school. Yeah, I wish they taught us Chinese because, like, I feel like we they did. I just chose Japanese. I chose the wrong. No, language. no. Yeah, <laughs> the school we went to did Italian and Japanese, but I wish they did Chinese. They yeah, they did when I went through. Oh, did they? Yeah, well, when you I went was through, you went through like. They didn't have Chinese. I like, I well, they had like Mandarin, which is Chinese. Yeah, I feel like Chinese would be an interesting uh, language to learn. Mm. I've been there a few times. I like it a lot. Um, it would be cool to be able to talk to the people. No, nah, it would be sick. Um, uh, basically, when I went to China, I know Ni Hao, Shei Shei, Shinju, and Taishen, which is hello, goodbye, orange juice, and thank you. Yeah, I remember you being <laughs> over there, and all you wanted was orange juice. It was, it was that hard to find orange juice over there because I had no idea what it was. <laughs> They'd bring you like Fanta and stuff like that, and I just, I just want some. Well, in Dutch, Sinus Applesap, that's orange juice. In Chinese, it's Shinju. Yeah, that's all I ever wanted. And every time they brought it to me, it would basically it went off in like 2013. Everything was expired. Sprite <laughs> expired. Fanta expired. Orange juice. It's basically growing mold. Still, it was tasted alright. Yeah, <laughs> I just pretended it was pulp. That's it. That's it. So, but like like we're saying, the young people um, in in Europe uh, are pretty good at speaking in English. Like, um, but they learn the proper English. I've noticed that because the they, they the, speak better English than we do. Yeah, they speak they speak a lot a lot better English than yeah. Than they Australians. they really most of Australians. Yeah, so. Um, I've noticed with our friend Mark because I stayed with Mark as well. Um, when I did my, I didn't go for anywhere near as long as you did. I was only there for like I think you were there for three weeks, at the, or two or three weeks. It, you, you, no, you did it might have been four. I did Pondevo, the big yeah, race the, in the, France, the big twelve hour. Um, which is another podcast. I'm going to have all four of us yeah, on it. Um, that would be a rowdy podcast <laughs> to to talk about because you guys went as Team Australia this year. Um, last or year. last year, yeah. 2019. Yeah. Um, and. It was uh, Harry broke his collarbone and all that stuff. So we, I'm going to have another podcast about that. But basically, um, Harry's not allowed to be on the team anymore. No, Harry's <laughs> kicked off the team. So uh, Harry crashed in qualifying before the race even started and just totaled the quad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so, that's uh, that's another episode though. We're we're not going into depth on that. No, one. no. This, but this it made it a lot harder for um you and Jake there. So yeah, well we did six hours each. Yeah, and it, yeah. So back to the point with um 
so I, I stayed with Mark DeRiers. You stayed with Mark DeRiers for for a lot of the time you were there. Yeah, it was, I think it was like five or six he, months. He's been there. to Australia a couple of times now, and I've noticed when he talks, because he's not in Melbourne or he's not in Sydney, he's not in Brisbane, like the main touristy places um, for people to come to. When we take him to, like, say, if we go to the pub or something, he goes to order and he thinks he's not speaking proper English. Bec- and I've tried telling this a few times. He, the his accent throws off the waiter, like or or the cashier or wherever we mm. are. His accent yeah. throws <laughs> off, and they go, "What?" And he thinks he's saying the wrong thing, but it's just the it, fact it's that just they're not used to it. <laughs> he, yeah, he he's out away from the touristy area, so if someone comes in with an accent. It's almost like what the fuck. Yeah, well, well, basically, like when the first time he ever came here, which was 2016 for for Fink Desert Race. When he he was too scared to to sign into the race because he didn't think they'll understand him. But basically, I had to. Well, we know the people that run the Gippsland Championship rather well. Yeah. So when I went to sign in, I said, "Oh, this is Mark. He's from Holland. He needs a day license and whatnot. Um, he'll give you all his information." Then they were all sweet, but he just if if he gives them a warning, they all understand him. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. He thinks they're not going to understand him just because. The first time he talks, they say what, but it's more that they're caught off guard. <laughs> you fucking what, mate? <laughs> from from his <laughs> from his accent, <laughs> yeah, from his accent. But other mm. than that, he like he speaks better English than a lot of Australians. Yeah, well, basically, like the he, Queen's English, because yeah. that's what they learn. They mm. learn, they learn English for England. Yeah, because well, he says my friends instead of me friends. So <laughs> yeah, well, they, yeah, the, the Australian accent fucked up a lot of English words. But mm. um, so you're over there, you've hurt your shoulder. That was um, a big sidetrack. Yeah, we yeah. went far off topic. Yeah, well, no, we're just we're just trying to trying to get back. So, you've hurt your shoulder. You're living with Wilmer and Fred. Um, you moved back with Mark and all this stuff. Did you only race the Dutch Championship, or did you have a? F- I had a few other races. Um, the the Dutch Championship was the the main thing. It was the only championship that I, I was planning to complete in its entirety. I was I was planning to do every single. I think I missed out on the first round because I was still in Australia. It was yeah. like midway through Feb. Um, basically, um, I don't, I can't remember the reason why. I think I just couldn't afford to do like nine months and I thought that was a bit too much because I think it was like a And you wouldn't and even have gap. been 18 yet. I wouldn't have been 18. I wouldn't, I didn't have my license. That's why I didn't, that's why I didn't end up doing yeah. it. I wanted to have a license before I got over there. So I was, I was self-sufficient or yep. self-dependent. Whatever. Whatever. Whatever it is. English. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. So I did a few other races. I did a race in, um. In yeah, Pont de Vaux, I did the four hour, which is the Kenny contest. Um, it's basically like the um, it, it, it's a support class, so it's not the twelve hour. It's basically if somebody wants to do the race by themselves, or they can do it in a pair. They can't do it with three people. It's either one or yeah. two. But yeah, it's just a four hour, so two two hour sessions, and it's all during the daylight. Um, yeah, so no nighttime racing. Then um, I did a race part of the I think it was part of a sand championship. It was in Dunkirk. Um, Dunkirk, Dunkirk. I don't know how to say. It. Place. It was basically where a big part of the war was fought on the beach. Yeah, we raced in either England or France. It was in France. In um, France. I was going to say it was between the England. Yeah, yeah. It's basically like if you hop on a boat in like half an hour, you're in England. Yeah, like it, it's super close. Um, there's like there's literally a train that goes under the ocean that gets you from France to England. It's it's where the port is. So yeah, basically we raced on that beach. Um, yeah. So that was another champion or oh, part of the championship I did. Um. We did a three-hour um, in Holland near the German border. Um, what else did we do? A um, few local races, so like the New Venep Championship, um, the Zevenhoven on Wheels. That was a really fun race. That's just like a local race between a few villages. And and you raced the two-wheeler at that one? I raced the two-wheeler at that one. Um, the only time? Only time. Um, Jasper, Stro- Jasper Strokman, um, he's a sidecar rider um, and has a two-wheeler as well. Basically, he's about seven foot tall. If you know Adam Semensmer in Australia, Mr. Quad Squad, Mr. Quad Squad, Hello shout you. out to Adam. <laughs> Quad Squad, this is Adam. Yeah, th- he's basically the the Dutch version. Um, doesn't own a workshop or anything like that. He's just he's tall, funny dude. Um, I made fun of him flat out because he was bold. Then he made fun of me flat out because I got a receding hairline. Each their own, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, so he let me borrow his two wheeler. Basically, it was set up for a super tall and heavy dude. The bars were super. They were basically freestyle bars that were vertical. I like my bars super low and rolled back. Um, suspension was super stiff. It had a tall seat on it, so yeah. I couldn't even touch the ground. Yeah. Um, and it was the first time I've ridden a two wheeler in 
eight months. So yeah, true. So did you race any of the European Championship? I like any of the rounds? I did plan to. Um, basically, I think it was probably a week after I got there was Oss, which is a track that I've raced before in the Dutch Championship in 2017. One of the, it was the first Dutch Championship I ever did. Um, had motor problems at that one too. Um, shout out to Mark Savino for letting me borrow his quad that year as well. Um, I rented a quad instead of buying one. Um, but yeah, so I did plan to race Oss, which was the, I think it was the first or second round of the European. The Dutch round. It was one of the Dutch rounds. Oss was the, 2018 it was a European. It didn't have it part of the Dutch championship. Yeah, yeah, but it's 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 a, the Dutch round of the oh, European. Oh yeah, yeah, it was it was in Holland. It was about I think it was like an hour from where I was living. But um, yeah, I just yeah didn't have a bike built in time, so I it, it it wasn't if I could race it, it was a bonus. If I didn't, it was so what. I I wasn't expecting to race that in time. So. Yeah, yeah. So over in Holland, um, we've we've picked up on Dutch Cooper. We call it Dutch Cooper. It, it's it, not it's, an alter it's, ego. It's, it's, it's another person. It's literally another person. Yeah. So, do you find and and this is my theory on it, right? So, you, it, when you're in Australia, your whole time you've been racing or being around motocross, it's almost like you've been in your brother's shadow. Yeah. Like basically. you've got myself, Jake, and Harry. We're all close in age, and then there's you're a all four pro motocross riders. We're all pro when you were still a kid. All this stuff. And there's a four-year gap from Harry to you. Yeah. So it was like, did you feel like everywhere you went, you're like, hey, you're you're one of the, you're the younger brother, or you're the Van Vliet younger brother, or you're Jake's brother, Mitch's brother, Harry's brother, well, all that stuff. And then it just didn't happen in Europe. So you're just like, fuck this, I can do whatever I want. Yeah, basically. Um, it's basically I I could. It was a little bit of no one could judge me. No one knew who I was. Um, no one knew where I was from. No one knew my story. I'm literally a blank canvas. No one knows me. Yeah, you didn't have the the Van Vliet, oh whatever it's called here, like in Victoria, in Melbourne, or in Victoria, Australia. Well, the, I, I the work Van Vliet at a name, or even shop. in the quad racing, the Van Vliet name kind of it's big. Uh, it's not well, big. It's not. It's, it's, yeah. it's well known. Between, like it's, yeah, it, we came up in the ranks. Mum did a lot of work for a lot of events yeah, so as well. It, it's, it's more well y- yourself. Um, and Jake, and as well as mum and dad. We, we've been in the motocross industry for, for years. Yeah. Like, I work at a motorbike store, and a lot of customers come in, and they know exactly who I am. They know my life story. I've never met him in my life. I've no idea who they are. Yeah. And they've known me since I was a kid. So, it happens a and lot. And this wasn't in Europe. So, you're just like, fuck it. Yeah. I'm yeah. doing whatever so, I want. So, basically, it was, it was kind of like every kid's dream growing up to be a professional motocross rider. Yeah. But... I was Those doing people that grew up riding motorbikes. Yeah, grew up racing motocross. The, not kids, <laughs> the kids playing football, <laughs> they didn't, their they dream is to join the AFL, not not to um, not mm, to yeah, ride basically. But yeah, so if, if you grow up racing motocross, it was a dream to go race in America. Like that's every kid's cliche dream. Basically, well, ever since Chad Reed. Ever since Chad Reed. So I was was in a foreign country. I was there to race motocross. Yeah, that, that's all I was there for. Do like that. That was that was me. Yeah. I didn't have a job. Like I, d- I did, I was running Native Concepts at the time. Um, I was outsourcing all my printing and stuff like that. So I didn't really have a whole lot of work. Maybe it was it was one sticky kit every two weeks. It was bugger all. Yeah. So I was literally riding two, three, three times a week, racing pretty much every weekend. I could do what I wanted. As long as my bikes were, were good, Mark was happy, his bikes were ready, all my stuff was clean. All my stuff was loaded to race. My bike wasn't broken. I could do whatever I want. Yeah. So basically, um, I had like I've got a lot of friends over there now. Basically, if you look on my Snapchat and swipe up or down and look at my Snap Map, basically, there is a big population of people in Europe and Holland. Yeah. There's like thirty people in Australia, if that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So Dutch Europe Cooper. It's a it's a different guy. When I move it's a over different there, guy. So yeah, this is the thing. You you are planning on going back. You're planning on living over there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, in well now I can say next year. So, 2021, I've I'm I'm moving back over there. So and yeah. that's that's for good. So basically, I will have a return ticket because you have to have a return ticket to go over there. Yeah. But my intention is to basically live there for five years till I can basically do the residency test. Um, because so basically our opa 
threw away his Dutch citizenship because he was which sick of I can shit. Under, yeah, I can understand why he did it. He wanted yeah. to be fully Australian, so he yeah, gave away which, his... Hey, which is respectful. It, I w- I, it, it's, if you it's move into bad. a country... Yeah. Um, he, I, I, The only time I ever heard my opa speak Dutch was when he had family come over from Holland. Other or, than that, Or he was getting angry at someone. Or he was getting angry <laughs> at someone. Other than that, he spoke English. He went to the shop, he spoke English. If he was, if he was near if any... If he was speaking ish- to Omar, which is also from Holland... Yeah, his wife... Speaking English. Speaking English. Yeah. Um, because he came from another country. He lived in Australia. He liked Australia. He, he becomes Australian. He becomes Australian. He wanted to fit in. He fit, fit in with the culture. He spoke the language, um, which is fucking gangster. Yeah, that's That's, cool. that's the coolest. Uh, like, Opa is a mad... Like, Opa um, was a fucking mad... Like, he worked hard. He provided for his family. He loved his family. Mm. And he was a fucking mad dog. Yeah. He, and and that and that's one of the reasons champion. why he was such a mad dog. Yeah. But yeah, so basically, Opa, when he moved to Australia, same with Omar, um, he did all the tests, did all the paperwork correct. Became Australian citizen. Became Australian. So gave up his Dutch passport, got his Australian papers. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, I'm doing the opposite. Yeah. But um, it would have been a lot easier if he held on to his It Dutch would have been so much easier because, yeah, we, we would have had. Well, we could have been dual citizen. Our dad would have, yeah, been a dual citizen. We would have been a dual citizen. It would have yeah. been. Set. I'm pretty sure that's how it worked. Um, yeah. Obviously, I haven't looked into it properly because. I couldn't have done it anyway. Yeah. So you're looking at doing it the other way. So you, you're planning on going over there, staying there for at least five years to get your Yeah, so Dutch basically um, doing the same paperwork, getting the exact same permit as what I had. Basically, my one expired um, because you have to renew it every six months. Yeah. It, it expired. Well, my six months one expired like two weeks after I left. So basically, I just have to start again. Um, so when I go there... Fill up my paperwork straight away. Get another residency yeah. permit. And you're not going by yourself this time? No. Um, my partner, Tegan. Um, yeah, she's uh, a professional weightlifter. Um, yeah, so she's she's coming over with me. Yeah. yeah. So, you're going to... You, obviously, this time around, you're not... You're going to go live with Mark? No. Or Wilma and Fred? I, I, I'd love... Ideally... I'd be living in the same area um, within like a 15-minute drive of them all because yeah. that's, that's the perfect place to live. Yeah. It's literally, it's the it's the Marietta of California. It's the southeast suburbs of Melbourne if you're racing the Gippies or, or yeah. anything like well, that. Uh, it's, hey, it's, it's the we, perfect If we're going to argue about tracks, the Gippie tracks are fucking way better than the west and north tracks. Yeah, well, sand, man. I love sand. I hate hard pack. I hate blue group. I don't like that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, so basically, yeah, so Tegan's coming in with me. Um we, we have spoken a bit about um, if she's going to give up her nationality or if she's just going to keep updating because basically every six months you got to pay like 104 euro or something like that or 117 yeah. or... Um, yeah, so I, I think she's just going to keep paying it and always keep it updated. But um, I'm, yeah, full... You're locked in. Five years, I'm handing over my Australian passport and getting Dutch paperwork back. I'm, I'm learning Dutch. I'm going to... Well, I, I know a lot of Dutch now. Like, I can count. I can... I can swear. I can swear in Dutch. I can say Pimmelhof, Tadel. Hofferdoma. Hofferdoma. Like I can count like... Um, yeah, counting... Yeah, like 24 is... Well, you're yeah, going to fucking... Well, basically... The numbers are the same. The so reason, if you're driving along a street, the, the numbers are the same. The reason why I learnt numbers <laughs> is because after qualifying, people would come up to me and tell me what I got in qualifying or if I was going to Moto 1, um, they would tell me what gate to go to. And they would say it in Dutch, and I had no fucking clue what they were saying, so I had to learn Dutch. Oh, right. That makes then, sense. The numbers make sense then. I was going to say, what are you in fucking primary school? And <laughs> <laughs> two, three, four. Yeah. yeah, good job. Um, yeah, Chutzel is how you say that in Dutch too. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Um, and then, yeah, basically the next thing I learned was how to order food, because that was the next important thing. Yeah. So, ik wil vieren 20 kit nuggets is I want 20 Chicken nuggets. nuggets. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, basically, um, yeah, me and Mark, we probably went to Macca's a little bit too much. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I'd, I'd do the ordering. So, this next time round, are you going to race? Yeah. So, I'll definitely race. Um, I'd probably give it a few... Settle at least in first. Cause settle you, in, So, yeah. you never answered the question. Like, you're going over there and I said, are you going to live with Mark or Will no. Fred and Wilma? So, basically, uh, like, uh, like I have spoken to Fred and Wilma um, and they said it's... I, I just asked them if I'm allowed to live with them for maybe a month at most. Yeah. Just, just when I get there so I can... Look in person. Yeah, I can, I can find an apartment in person. So, basically... Renting, uh, it's 
Because I can tell you right now, the real estate people are fucking geniuses at making shit look good in photos. They get those. They get them wide-angle lenses working good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so basically, um, ideally, I would find a place to do garage so I can have my bikes here and whatnot. Um, yeah. It's 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 not a necessity. Um, I'll be able to find a workshop that I can I can have my bikes in between Mark, um, the twins, or uh, Jasper, or, or any of them. Like yeah. I, I'd be able to find a place for someone to hold my bike. Yeah, like that, that's like yeah. So ideally, I'd have a garage. If not, big deal. Spewing. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, yeah. Friend Fred and Wilma said I, I I can stay there for a, a they said as long as I need, but I don't want to stay there longer than a month. Yeah. I, I'd rather... And you and Tegan are going over at the same time? Yeah, yeah. So, well, we haven't booked flights yet because it's still over a year away. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, well, basically, in, in less than a year, we'll have our flights booked and all our paperwork sorted and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But, um. yeah, so I'll live with Fred and Wilma for anywhere from a week to a month. Um. Yeah, basically find a place and, yeah. Not, well, we can't really buy because, well, I'm, I'm 21 in a foreign country no one's going to give me a loan. I probably won't have a full-time job yet. Like, um, yeah, I won't be able to are, get a loan. Are you planning on keeping Native Concepts as a thing? I will or definitely are you keep... look for a job? I will, I will look for a job. Basically, the more money I can make, the more stable I'll be. Yeah, so, so you, you, you'll be doing both. I'll be doing both. So, ideally, if, if there's well, any Dutch if people listening... <laughs> if there's any Dutch people listening and they need someone to work, do graphic design... Send me an email, you know, man, info at nativeconcepts.com.au yeah. or cooper at nativeconcepts.com.au. Well, Send us you, an email, I'll work for you. Your bonus <laughs> is you could work for someone during the day. And yeah. then if all your clients from Native are still in Australia, you can just work for them at night because we're yeah, like, almost opposite on the time schedule. Yeah, yeah, that, that's it. Well, basically, um, well, 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 Melbourne time, four o'clock in the afternoon is basically when everyone in Holland wakes up. Um, basically, eight o'clock in the morning. Here, that's when everybody's going to sleep in Holland. Yeah. Um, well, that, that's the so. If you just stay it. up a little bit later, you can send out all your emails or do everything in the morning. Send all my quotes. Go to sleep. Send all that sort of stuff. Have it in the morning. Wake up a bit earlier. Try and wake up at three in the afternoon Australia time, and you sort can, out some work in the you morning. Can sort all your shit out. Yeah. So basically, I, I I'm not sure. Well, for 2020 and start of 2021, motocross graphics are, are, are definite. They're, yeah. they're, they're definitely happening. Same with jersey prints, same with all the printing that we do. Um, that's happening. Once I move to Holland, I'm not sure about motocross graphics. Um, I didn't really want to say that at all because I don't want to get people you using other people's to. graphics because, yeah, but I'd rather be honest with shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, basically, I, I don't like outsourcing um, that because... I, I want to use you the material control. that I'm happy with. Yeah. I want to have the quality that I'm happy well, with. Well, that's it. Outsourcing, you lose quality control. I, and I, I can't say, yeah, that part definitely got put in the package. Yeah. Or or that part definitely is perfectly color matched. Like, yeah. yeah I, I, I'd, I'd rather have that quality control. in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, fair enough. So, we've touched on all that stuff. We've touched on you living in Europe, you moving back to Europe. And you came back, was it the end of 2000? End October, of 2018? Mid-October 2018, yeah. 2018. And you're not going back till 2021. Yeah. So, basically, this year is going to be shit because I'm not going to go to Europe at all. You're not going to go to... Yeah. Unless, unless I find a ride for Pont that isn't too expensive um, or, or we send over another team or, or Nations somehow happens again. Um, yeah. yeah. This, well, this it's, all, it's all possible. But, yeah. so, to touch, to touch base, tell us what you've... Since you've been back... You've obviously you've gone back to Europe. You've raced Pont Yeah. You've done Fink. Yeah. You won Fink. I won Fink. Uh, I joined that club. You jo- uh, it's a I've I've gotten single time winners. There's a lot in that club. Multiple time winners. Uh, there's, well, there's, there's not there's, as many. A small handful. Yeah. Give, give it a week. I'll give it a few weeks. So we'll hopefully be another member of that club. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell. I'll tell. I'll give Luke Beachy and Paul Smith a call and we'll <laughs> start racking up them W's again. Yeah. That's it. Mm. So yeah, you want Fink? Tell us, tell us about that. Like yeah, so um, basically I've done Fink three times now: 2016, 2017, and 2019. 2018 I didn't race because I was obviously overseas. Yeah. Um, I stayed up till like four o'clock in the morning watching Jake do that, and um, he ended up having engine troubles and whatnot. Um, yeah. So 2016. Jake, I, the most unluckiest Fink desert racer right? ever been. <laughs> he's done it like what eight times, and he's finished Pro- what, probably three? more nine, like nine or ten now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I so was lucky. I got in, got out. <laughs> yeah. One so and a handful of times. Fucking done this. See you later. 
basically yeah 2016 um i got second that was the first year i did it i lost to mark devries um yeah second time i did it 2017 i got third which was a sick year because um mitch won mitch won jake got second i got third so yeah. it was, it was a the first party, time that's a, right. a, a family has gotten every single step of the podium in any class yeah regardless so um yeah that was a sick year um yeah this year or last year um 2019 2019 i yeah so yeah, I won, basically. Um, you won. Road smart, safe. Road smart. Basically, um, I didn't have a single sketchy moment the entire way besides, I think it was... That was like, me in 2017. It was just, it, it felt, I felt like I was going slow, but I was going quick. Yeah, yeah. Like, literally, you just get in that big of a groove that you can literally 95, or not 95% of the time, a lot of the a lot of the time that you you're going quick, you're, you're fifth wide. You can see in front of you. You're in a spot where you're not catching riders. Riders aren't catching you. Yeah. You just have a clean run. So yeah, basically, you sorted it out. That and that's you, what happened you, to me. And you get in a groove where you get confident too. Yeah. Like that. And, I, I, you and see a, a big bump coming up, and you're like, "Fuck, fuck you, bump!" Like, yeah. But it, it's a good type of confidence that you know you're not riding out of your capabilities. No, that's it. You, you hit this bump, but you're not sketchy. Yeah. You, you just skim over it, and you're like, "Yeah, that was easy." Yeah. Piece of. Where's piece. this next bump? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did have one struggle um, at the 120k mark. Um, I hit a roller. Well, same thing. I got a bit too confident. Um, hit one of the rollers and it pulled my shoulder out. And then I had to hold onto the crossbar and then lean back to get it to pop back in. So I popped my shoulder out again without even crashing. Yeah. Um, it wasn't as bad as it was the first time. Obviously like, not. Yeah. <laughs> like I could still move my shoulder and stuff yeah. like that. It was in and out probably within like three or four seconds. Yeah. And I'd say it probably it wouldn't it wasn't fully out it was probably like halfway but yeah. it was it definitely wasn't in the right spot and then you went on to win yeah so I uh, yeah won the first day um I think I had probably I think it was Jake had mechanical yeah again. Jake had a mechanical which was, I was kind of spewing about that like if I if I lose to anybody you want it to be Jake I'd rather it be Jake than anybody else yeah I'd rather keep it in the family sort of thing um, yeah. Yeah, so won the first day, I think, by like 15 minutes or something. The good thing about 2019 too was um, with the quads, they did seeded starts. So in years past, it went off the fifth fastest quad. A lot of the time, the fifth fastest quad's about 45, maybe even an hour back at worst. Yeah, on the first day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and even on the second day too. But yeah, yeah this year... So yeah, and that's what I meant. Like yeah. after the first day... Um, Fifth place might be. I remember it was a year I did really well. Yeah, you had a half an hour lead or something. And yeah, you, over you, over second. So fifth was over an hour. So I I passed. I think it was me and me and Troy Sheridan. You would have passed. We like a hundred and fifty bikes. Ah, uh, within before the first fuel stop on day two, we we passed seventy bikes each. Mm. And and while we're battling, yeah, so exactly. we're, we're on so either you're, side you're, of you're swallowing. You're it. Full it was so dangerous. Fast and furiousing that shit. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Split, and, and so bikes. I had this lead. Troy obviously had problems on the first day, and we're battling. And like we are like riding the embankment to go around two wheels and shit, and I'm just and I got to a point where I was like, I got a decent lead over Troy. Do I really like if I just stay in a spot where I can see his dust and stay within a a minute or two? I'm you're fine. I'm, I've still got to win, yeah. but the because comp- I'm super competitive, the co- competitive side like, of me kicked in. Guy, I was I'm like, win both days. I was like, fuck <laughs> you, Troy. Like I'm good mates with Troy off the track, but, yeah, but the on the Sheridan's, track I was the like, fuck you, dogs. Troy. Yeah, watch this. Click BSC, mate. Yeah. Well, um, it didn't go that easy. Um, well, 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 I had a few moments like that. Um, well, last year, there was a few riders. Basically, the only person that had a lead over me was um, Luke Gainsford. Um, oh, yeah, on day but, one. Yeah, on day one, he had a, a motor problem. Basically, I saw his bike on the side of the track and, yeah, he was with it. So, um, yeah, and then I saw a few other riders. Um, basically, I kind of I went from fifth to well, basically, I had the shittest start on day one. Um, I yeah. was literally in fifth on the first row. So, um, yeah, I, I tracked them all down, caught up from, yeah, fit. No, was I in the first or second grid? I got no idea, man. I, I can't there. remember. Um, I, I was either first or second grid. Basically, I caught everybody and, yeah, passed them. And then I think I had like a like a 10-minute lead or something like that on day one. Um, and then, yeah, day two started. It was seeded time. So, basically, um, everybody's um, two-wheelers are grids of 10 a minute apart. Yeah, and then quads were depending on how close you were to the next person. Um, I started thirty seconds in between by myself because I had a big enough lead. Yeah, every other quad was in pairs. Groups of twos, yeah. Yeah, groups of twos, thirty yeah. seconds in between. Um, yeah, and I basically, um, just literally cruised. Um, I did have a motor problem. Um, I started blowing smoke probably about the one sixty k mark. Um, from home, and then basically started 
to not blow smoke, which is kind of the worst thing. Like you'd rather blow smoke out of your bike than not and blow smoke. And keep it blowing. Yeah, and keep it, it blowing. As soon as it stops, that's when you've got a real problem. Yeah, um, yeah at about this probably 50, 60, 55k mark. Um, and then basically across the finish line, my bike just went dead. Yeah. Um, so you're lucky as well. Like, Yeah, basically the, the oil that I was running, um, it, it just got too hot. Yeah. Too too quick and just it wasn't lubricating my motor enough and yeah, yeah. it's a t- it's a tough race. It's not, it's hard not it's physically and mentally, but it's fucking hard on your bikes too. Yeah, like if if you do if you look after your bikes, it's a week later your bikes are brand new. But just for the during the race, your bike's going through a lot. Yeah, that's it. So, mm. uh, you won Fink, all that stuff, absolutely awesome. Before you came back from Europe, you were ringing me saying. Freestyle is sick. I want to be. I want to do freestyle. Oh, we're going this, into that topic. Aren't yeah, we? <laughs> like I'm a freestyler now, so I like talking about FMX. Uh, Out of nowhere, I, I you're just like myself a I'm freestyler for about two months, and I'd consider myself an amateur freestyler now. <laughs> yeah. So you you came back from Europe, got a YZ250. Well, I, already, I, I, I still had, had it. it. I still had it. It was the bike that um I started racing yeah. halfway through. You got freestyle suspension, flip levers, put big bars on it, subframe, subframe, subframe. Everything. All I, that I shit. spent like 600 euro on a set of really good Luke Ackerman can build a, a he's the youngest person ever double flip a two-wheeler he can build a good set of flip levers yeah so you got flip levers you got all this stuff you ride we got we got the airbag yeah, you ride we, the airbag we got, yeah we got the airbag you would have heard that from um Harry's episode yeah so you, you ride the airbag you're flipping pretty much the first day yeah well um the first day you, you started doing freestyle you're I like fuck I it I flipped before I went to Europe no, no, nah, nah, yeah, when it you had a YZ, you had a YZ before I went to Europe, and I think I flipped that before I went. Yeah, right. So because I flipped it, I flipped it. No, it wasn't my birthday. Yeah, it was. Yeah, right. Just it before was you my left birthday. For Europe, it was like... my birthday, and I flipped. Basically, yeah. everybody was having typical eighteen-year-olds have a big party. That's right. We set up the airbag. friends. I basically was just like, "Yo, make sure my brothers are home. Set up the airbag. Invite a few mates over. Let's just ride. I don't yeah. give a shit about the party stuff. I don't drink. Don't do any of that. I just want to ride." Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, so that was when I learned. So you, how to all flip. right, so you flipped before Europe, before yeah. the whole FMX thing. You came back, you did FMX. I, I think I got you to ride two or three shows with us, and you broke your leg. Yeah, doing <laughs> like you do okay. these flips. It and, was windy, and somehow, windy. yeah, no, but somehow, like the, the ba- basically, my 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 bag of tricks can fit on one hand. <laughs> yeah, if I list my tricks, they're all on one hand. Yeah, but um, before we before we get to the crash. Somehow, I don't know if it was your suspension setup or just the way you rode. You went higher than everyone. We did a freestyle show with a with a freestyler that's done shows, oh, overseas years, and years. years and stuff. Yeah, he rides in India, rides in China. Jordan Gillies, ridiculously good at freestyle, and he can fix a phone pretty good too. He owns yeah, a yeah. Ref- If you're in Warrnambool, and you need your phone. Fixed, I think he's moving to Queensland. If you're in Queensland, you need your phone. Fixed. I don't know if he's taking his phone shop with him, but. If you need a phone fixed, just Gillies. message Gillies and Gillies. find out where his store is. He's really good. Yeah. So he's who taught me, who taught me, taught, taught me how to fix phones and whatnot. He's he's good at it. Okay. Somehow, you're jumping, like you're above him in the freestyle shows. You're above me on the quad, which understandable. Quads uh, not, are not quads in are talent in in feet above the ground. Yeah, not, definitely not in talent. Not in talent, <laughs> but somehow you're hitting the ramp and you're going way higher, same distance. I would. The you're going the bike is, length higher. Yeah, I think that was well, well. Basically, technically, I can be considered as a professional BMX rider, but I wouldn't consider myself as a professional BMX rider. Yeah, oh, because like you're getting I, paid to do shows. I was getting paid to do shows. Um, like I, I can double flip. I can, I can flip cliffhanger. I can, I can do a fair. I could cash roll. I can do a fair bit. Of, Fair bit bag of tricks. Fuck Taylor's but I can't take my feet off. I don't know what the problem is. The only time <laughs> I can take my feet off is for cliffhangers. Yeah. Um, yeah, same with hands. Like, I can do a double flip right out of it in the airbag every single time. I cannot do a bar spin. <laughs> 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 I, I can do a toboggan. That's basically... I can do a toboggan and a tuck no hand of it. Not at the same time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think it was... I think it was from that. Yeah. Basically, I could. I well, I was hitting the Aussie comp, not the Aussie comp, the Super Kick all the time. That yeah. was my favorite ramp. Oh, it still is my favorite ramp. But that was basically, I'd have to get a super a, a lot amount of pop to be able to pull around a double yeah. with the run-ins that we we're getting because they were either but grass on the or, or, or dirt or something. Yeah. It was. It was. You needed a lot of pop. So I think that's where it came from because yeah. I really 
So that transferred over to the FMX. A lot, yeah. Regardless, yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, and you got flip styled. I got flip styled. Your um, cliffies were pretty good. Um, and then, but we we're at a show, and I was like, Coop. Well, I, I say this at all more the shows. Than two tricks. <laughs> Coop, you can't come out flipping straight away. And when I, you're I built got to that. that. I could understand that because obviously, with the same with the BMX, I'd usually either go a cliffhanger or a Superman, and I'd go into either. Like a front wheel. You'd save the double flip for last. I'd save the double flip for last because yeah. that was like the main thing. People, and, and, they were quite easy. Like they're a lot easier than doing a cash roller or a front tuck or anything like that. But but from a crowd's perspective. From a crowd's perspective, a double flip. So the same thing with the FMX stuff. You're like, so you I want to do shows. Cool till last. I want to do shows, Mitch, on the two-wheeler. Put me in. Righto, Coop. Give me a raise. I got this. Yeah, that's it. More money. More <laughs> money for the motors. The raise. I didn't care about the raise. I don't think I even got a raise, but it was it was something that I really, really wanted to focus focus on and learn. Yeah. So you got the flip styled. You got Cliffy's dialed. Coop, we need to mix it up a bit. Um, there was a crosswind. And obviously Which you, I was unaware of. You were unaware of. I was unaware because of. Because we're kind of in like, it was a weird setup. We kind of had walls on either side. It, so there was a, you was couldn't a big feel the wind of, on the ground. It was a big mound. It was basically like a, what, a 30 foot high well, wall It was dirt. a building on one side. And, and to the other and side, massive, it was a building. It was, a if, it was, if it's at Calder Ra- if you've been to Calder Raceway, Calder it's where Park. they do Calder Park. Calder Raceway, it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, it's basically where they do all the, the learner's test for the bikes and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, if, if you've been there, that's where they do it. Um. Yeah, so basically, if you jump a quad in freestyle, the wind does not affect you nah, anywhere near as... 160 kilos. You move on the quads. You, you move sideways. You move sideways. You don't a, get the bike taken out from On a two-wheeler, your rims act as a fucking kite and it tips you. Yeah, basically. So I was like, Coop, mix it up a bit. And you did some he, weird he, he ass said, fucking stuff. He mix it Superman. up a bit, but he didn't tell me about the wind and I hadn't figured it out yet. I'd already done a few jumps. I did a cliffhanger. Well, basically, it was the first show. It I was the first show. I didn't make it past the first show. I did a straight jump. I did a cliffhanger. Um, the cliffhanger felt a bit weird. It was still the first show. I was still warming up. So I did another straight jump and I was like, and all it right. was gusty too. So it, was it gusty. might have been might have been a bit you of a You couldn't dead spot. tell it was weird. Wind, windy. So basically I came in for another trick. I went to do either I ideally I would have turned out as a ruler. <laughs> <laughs> um, it probably would have turned out as a really Bone or air, goon, Superman. Um, basically, as soon as I keep like my bike down... Like an old school Mike Jones yeah, style spec. Basically, if I had to put my hand out, I would have grabbed the rear fender, not the not the grab holes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so basically, as soon as I had my flip levers up, which is probably a good thing. Otherwise, I'd probably... Oh, good thing, bad thing, I don't really know. Um, you broke your leg. Basically, yeah. I kicked the bike down. Bike blew sideways. Um, I tried to get back to the bike, and basically one foot was over the seat, one foot was over nothing. Yeah. Um, so I kicked the bike to the side, landed, and basically how I landed was like one foot in front of the other, and my knee went into the back of my front leg, yeah. and snapped my fib. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was that was the end of my freestyle career, basically. <laughs> yeah, you pretty much. I've, I've ridden shows. Since. You bitched. You um, pretty much bitched out after that. Basically, as soon as that happened, you took the grab holes off. You built, I, put it back I've to still, a, a I've still bike. got the carbon, the, the custom subframe. I've still got the flip levers. I was running stock bars because I liked the feel of stock bars. I wasn't really putting my feet through the bars at all, so I didn't need high bars. Yeah. Um. But yeah, got my freestyle suspension taken out, put back to motocross suspension. Um. Adam at DST and Quad Squad. Did, Schminky job on that. Quad squad this is Adam. Quad squad, that was Adam. Um, <laughs> yeah. So basically, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, swapped everything back over. Normal subframe. Normal, no cut out airbox. Got operated on. Got a plate put in. Yeah, I've got four weeks, nine, four or five nine, weeks later. Nine screws and a plate. Um, four or five weeks later, back on the bike. Back on the pushy. Back on the yeah. Back on the BMX. So basically, oh, for the shows, but you for the shows, I was back on the BMX, and then on the bike, I was just yeah, back to just just racing. I yeah. did do a few races with um, full freestyle suspension. It's wild. It is wild. That's what my quad. I've only got one quad, and uh, it's, yeah, and it's that, got freestyle suspension. Yeah. Whenever I go ride on anything other than ramps, it's fucking. It's scary. It's, yeah, it's real scary. Oh, it's but, just super um, stiff. It, it, and basically, breaking bumps, you just get a little bit of head shake. But other than that, yeah. it, it's it's not bad. It's it's just not ideal for it. Yeah, and especially when you got to cut down seat, and grab holes, and shit like that. Like I put um, I put a towel, like over the airbox holes, so it wasn't sucking in too much dust if it got dusty and shit like that. Like, yeah. um, I think at Ride Park I went right in there once and did a cliffhanger. It was real shit. Like I wish I didn't do it because it was kind of embarrassing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other than that, yeah, just went back to full full motocross setup as soon as I yeah broke my leg. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. 
Um, so we'll end on a on a good note like that. It's been it's been an hour. Um, tell the people, the listeners, how they can find you on socials and whatnot. Yeah. So um, my Instagram Cooper Van Vliet forty three. Um, check out the YouTube Vliet Street. Um, it's basically what Mitch does. It's got us all in it. Um, basically, yeah, sort of a, a vlog series. It comes out probably consistently every two weeks. May get a bonus week in between. Um, if you're lucky. Yeah, I. It's basically when we do fun stuff. Pretty much. I, I aimed for every week. And then some um, of us have jobs. So Yeah, well, we've got jobs. And if the weekend has shit weather, kind of just fucks it. Yeah, like, yeah, this weekend, everything's either so like, yeah, fire yeah, so the, or... Oh, that's it. Like, I and looked like, out the window just and now and I can't see... Half like, of Australia is on fire, so it's yeah. smoky at the minute. It's it's not the best time to go riding right now. No, no. So, yeah, uh, two a month. That's the goal. Yeah, two a month. That's a realistic yeah. goal. Yeah. Um, yeah. If Instagram, we're lucky for. Instagram, uh, Cooper Van Vliet 43. Um, yeah, if you type in yeah Cooper, it should come up somehow. If you're following a bunch of motocross riders, I'm sure their Instagram's algorithms will be able to find us. But um, yeah, that's pretty much my only social media. That's it. That's it. So uh, thanks for being on the podcast. We're going to get you back on. We're going to get you on for the, the Australian Pondevo uh, discussion. Yeah. Um, and we'll try and get you back on before you move to Europe as well and a few other... We'll have. I'm planning on doing four brothers racing um, episodes, like one a month. So we'll have all four, all four brothers on it, and we'll just shit talk. So, um, so yeah. Thanks for coming on, Kurt. This is the Fleet Street Podcast. Thanks for having me. You got to, um, you got to do your outro like you did on the first one. I don't even remember doing it doing was, the was outro. Weird. Was it? Yeah, I was just trying to get you to do it. Made me feel uncomfortable the first time. Don't know why I wanted to do uh, it again. <laughs> was it when I sang? Yeah, it was when you sang. Ah, uh, Fleet Street <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Yeah. Um yeah, sweet. This is a Thanks Blue Street podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh no worries, Coop. Um this is episode two. Um stay tuned for episode three and um we'll uh see you guys around. Thanks very much. Sweet.